Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Welcome back here to Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. My name is Leister. If you're new, welcome. We had a, hopefully you had a positive Memorial Day holiday. Obviously the the story behind Memorial Day is not a positive one itself, but we do want to celebrate the holiday and we want to be positive because of the sacrifices and the nature of those sacrifices and where it brought us as a society. So I saw some liberal nutcases who said, don't say good Memorial Day or happy Memorial Day. Deep, deep, deep. And listen, it's okay to say happy Memorial Day. We're not saying that the day itself is a happy one, but you should celebrate the outcome of the sacrifices that were made by those who died in the line of duty. That's okay to celebrate that because you're celebrating where we are now and you're appreciating where we are now and those sacrifices were necessary to get to the future that we're at. I needed to put that out there for everybody because I am going to say that hopefully you did have a positive Memorial Day. Whether you spent time with friends or family, hopefully you didn't stare at crypto graphs. But let's talk about crypto graphs. We're going to skip the transition today. I've got a, quite a few topics to kind of knock through, and my neighbors are starting to act stupid. So I'm looking at the graphs. Again, I zoom out to the month chart, simply because it seems to show me momentum. And I still see a little bit more red than green. However, if you notice, Ethereum is up. Trending about 1900 right now at a low of 189. That's good. It's still holding steady, but it is trending slightly up, not greatly up. Bitcoin still at the 27.8 mark has not regained what it's lost. You might be wondering what's going on. There's a couple of things that played in. Number one, there was a tentative deal reached for the debt crisis, as it were. It still has to get through the, the Congress to get signed, but a tentative deal was reached. And the big thing for cryptocurrency is that the deal that was reached removes the intent to do the egregious mining tax that I covered on the show a little while ago. So that's out of there, assuming this passes. They've got to get something done because Janet Yellen is screaming they're going to run out of money by June 1st. So they're kind of cramming things in there. And 
This one has people divided. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but suffice to say, it has people divided on both sides of the aisle. They're not, nobody's really happy at the end of the day, but there are some who think that it's a good first step to setting us up for success in the future. The problem is that it allows them a blank check to spend and burn and print money all the way from now until January 2025. So for the rest, the remainder of Biden's presidency, they can print and print and print and print and print. We don't know what the ramifications of all that printing are. So as I look at the crypto graph and I do see that there's a little bit of upward, it's not strong upward like we might've expected because there's still this tentative, we are not sure where the hell we're going and what the hell's going to happen next situation. And that's not going to go away in the short term. So if you're following any of these cryptocurrencies for your own portfolios, my recommendation maintains what it was, which is the core coins can never steer you wrong. XRP in particular is up pretty darn strong because they're hopefully getting close to the end of that whole chaos. And some of the other ones like Solana is up pretty darn decent. There are ones that are down like Polygon. It cracked ever, ever slightly. Uh, Tron went up ever slightly. So it's not consistent across the board. And it's, Part of it's because of Bitcoin not going where it's expected to be, but some of these are doing their own breakouts for their own reasons. I'll be talking about some of that here shortly. So I'm going to maintain the core coin simply can't steer you wrong. It's up to you if you follow that or you do not. Now, a couple of things. Binance.com. Binance recently came out and they released an article talking about creating your own cryptocurrency. Now, the truth is, Creating cryptocurrency itself is actually pretty darn easy. The thing is, in order to make it successful to the point that it's profitable, that's where the hard part comes in. It's, it's not the creation of the token. It's making it available. So you think of it as terms of products. You create a product. Anybody can create a product. You can sew, knit, right? You can build. You can do 3D printing. You can do anything you want to create a product. The question is, if you create your product, is anybody going to buy your product? That's where the line's drawn because it's harder to get somebody to buy your own product. If you can't get somebody to buy your own product, then it's not going to make you any money. Now, it might not be that much in terms of cost, might not be that expensive, hardly at all. But if you're not able to get people to buy in, well, then what's the point, right? So, them releasing this article, I mean, it sounds good and it's it's somewhat over technical, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for the layman person. But I do think it's good so that people understand all the steps that go into creating a token project. It's not crazy hard. Literally anybody could do it. I will tell you, you probably should have a computer, although there are ways to do it on a mobile. You probably should have a computer if you want to do it correctly. But again, you're not going to be able to pull this off to a point that it's profitable without a couple different things that are not talked about in an article, liquidity being number one of those. Two, you're going to need to hire people for different things. Marketing is going to be a thing. You've got a lot of different cost points that are not covered in the article. And those are the key if you plan to actually make any money for any of this kind of stuff. All the ICOs and launch pads and all these other kinds of things is all fine. But it still comes back to, at the end of the day, you've got to have skin in the game, money. And it's going to take some money. And some people can afford to toss, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their stuff off the ground because they believe in it. 
but not everybody can. You know, I have enough that I could to start up a, you know, on the market type of cryptocurrency. I choose not to because number one, yes, I could throw out any old token and, and toss liquidity and make it available and market it and the whole nine. But at the end of the day, I already know it's going to be pump and dump. Not because of intent, but because that's the truth. People are going to wait till it skyrockets and they're going to dump out. There's whales and all these. So then these developers, they come up with all these gimmicks. They come up with the, like the lock pay crap, right? They come up with gimmicks to prevent people from dumping on the project and none of them work. It's going to dump no matter what. And that's largely what we saw with Pepe very recently, which I'll briefly talk about here later, only because there was a significant update on it. But I just said, you know what? I'm not going to go there. I, I would, I can, but I'm choose not to purposely choose not to. So then on the flip, then Binance.com also was talking about a plan to take and use because of all the crashes that happen around collateral and under collateralization to tie the collateral to actual bank assets. So actual fiat as opposed to collateral that, you know, like these algorithmics and all these other things rather say, you know what, let's talk with our large players, you know, the big traders, the ones who are tossing millions of dollars in these things and see if there's interest in saying, how about if you use, so basically you would deposit money into banks and use it as collateral for your trades that you do, for your margin trades. I do think that these super wealthy people would actually find that appealing because it gives them a sense of assurance. In a sense, you're creating your own secured line of credit. In, in effect, that's what it is. Now, of course, you can then take those funds and you can invest them yourself. You can invest them in money markets. You can invest them in bonds. You can invest them in stocks. You can invest them in all these different things so your money can make money, which it probably already is, but because it's tied as collateral, it also gives you this margin trading with presumably less risk. This is taking place, these conversations overseas right now. So don't expect to see this anytime in the near future, just something that's being chatted about right now. Speaking about this shift away from, in terms of collateral, this shift away from using coins and algorithmics, Maker, which is one of these that has a stable coin of its own, DAI, they have been moving away from USDC as the backing asset for the DAI stablecoin and now preferring U.S. Treasury bills in this sense. Well, that's intriguing because we knew this whole time that with cryptocurrency, we were trying to get away from a dependence and a tie to fiat. And now we're seeing a rush back towards fiat because fiat, again, cash is king. I've talked about that on multiple episodes that cash remains king. And I said on the podcast at CryptoTalkRadio.net, as well as Casual Talk Radio, by the way, we in our lifetimes, we're never going to see a world where you don't have fiat. Fiat runs the roost, cash is king. This is an acknowledgement of what is said to be the truth, and I, I like seeing it. The concern, I think, is centralization. So the thought was, well, if you go this route and you centralize into these treasury bills, and let's say they're stuck in a bank, how is that any different from what just happened with the Silicon Valley Bank or others, and they crash and people's assets are at risk? What normally happens is you have different banking entities all who have a share, and then they all play in a pool. So like my one of my banks, because I have a lot of banks, one of my banks, it has cash management. If you use Robinhood, they offer a cash management service as well. And what it does is it basically your money 
can be shifted to any of multiple different banks. It's never sitting in one bank. It might be for a period of time, but they have the flexibility of shifting to a different bank so that your assets are constantly available and accessible to you. They could do something like this to where assets are spread across multiple banks and then there's just a centralized view into your total asset pool. That's not true centralization because the money's in multiple places. Where it's a bigger concern is who owns those assets. Depending on how they build it, it could be that you lose that, you know, control of your assets. That basically removes any benefit that I would see, and I would never play into it. I just think it's intriguing as something that we saw that's a contradiction to the idea that we should move away from fiat. So briefly, let me talk about Pepe. Coin, if you have not followed the chaos nonsense of Pepe, Pepe skyrocketed in price. People were making millions of dollars off Pepe that gambled, because that's really what it is, and it was getting billions and billions of dollars flowing into it. Well, that number's down. We're down going trending downward to about 300 million. It's lost significant amounts of volume. It's lost significant amounts of market cap as people sell out of it. There's a couple of different thought processes. One, it's just a meme coin. It was going to be a pump and dump. This was inevitable. It was going to happen. I'm kind of in that mind frame. I believe it was inevitable that this was going to happen. Other people seem to think, no, what's really happening is the people who made the money, they sold out with profit, they're waiting for it to bottom and they're going to do it again because they know that there's people who are going to, you know, that there's exit liquidity opportunities. Well, the interesting thing of this is that if you had somebody who believes, truly believes, and they're able to hold at least a trillion of these things, because there's only 420 trillion total supply. So if you're able to hold at least a trillion, and don't get me wrong, I say only, that's a lot of freaking money. I believe it's over a million dollars. If you're able to hold a trillion of these things to a point, if it did go back up, that's a lot of money that would come out of the project. So, and liquidity is kind of at risk at that point. So I call it out only because if somebody had their eye on Pepe or any of the other similar garbage coins that are coming out, just be aware that you can't know what's going to happen. You can't know if it's going to completely crash and never recover or if it's just one of those wavy pump and dump situations, nobody can know. I call it out just so that people are kept safe. KuCoin very recently put out an announcement and was in response, and I was reading back, and it was in response, apparently, what happened is somebody identified that KuCoin, so their wallets, KuCoin was sending millions of dollars, actually tens of millions of dollars of Ethereum to the burn address. And the thought is that KuCoin may not have known this was happening. I question that to be true. Here's the key. With Ethereum, Ethereum actually has a, a burn mechanic for it. Uh, and KuCoin may actually be doing burns intentionally to help price floor. So as Ethereum price was shifting and moving, like um, my point is, in summary, I don't think KuCoin's that stupid. It's possible, but I don't think they're that stupid. It's a lot of money, certainly, but consider, is it possible, because remember, Ethereum, it's not an all-time low, but it's low. Is it possible that KuCoin knows, you know what, we got to get this thing back up, so let's just burn off some of the supply off and the secret off the side, do, 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 to try to help the price go up. I would be interested if somebody's listening to this that has more time and patience than I do. I'd be interested to know if back in, let's say, 2020, maybe 2019, probably 2020-ish, uh, early 2020, if they saw senses where there was these excessive burns, 
leading up to the unrealistic jumps that started happening for Ethereum and Bitcoin. Because it's possible that KuCoin simply is trying to contribute to positive price movement by raising the floor. It's possible. They might be doing it intentionally. It's, it's a lot of money, but it's, you know, again, this person that identified the trend, they said September 2021. Well, September 2021 is right when it was at the, the pinnacle, right? When it was jumping crazy high was Ethereum at about the peak and it was about to crash and burn. So I, I'm going to tinfoil it. And I'm going to speculate that this might have been intentional. I don't think it was a mistake. I think somebody was doing it on purpose, possibly to raise the price floor. I have no evidence of this, and I'm not making a statement of definitive fact. I'm simply saying I find it mighty funny here, mighty, funny, funny, mighty funny, okay? One quick note, and then I'll get to a follow-up that I wanted to do. So this note has to do with Instascam, as I call it. There's a meme coin out there. It's called Love Hate Emu. I didn't follow it. I'm not going to do a review about it. But the quote CEO, I find that a joke, of this token came out very recently. Apparently, a lot of people know this idiot. I've never heard the name, Carl Dawkins. Never heard of him, but apparently he's pissed off at Instascam because Instascam will not verify him with a blue check. Instascam recently has changed how their verification has worked getting a little bit closer to the way Twitter does theirs. Now, Twitter, basically, yes, you can get a blue check by paying for it. Now, in Twitter, and most celebrities have refused to pay for it. So it's this weird inverse world in Twitter. Instagram has locked stuff up when they made these changes. Now, apparently, he had a different account that he's got set up, and he has the older blue blue check mark. And with Instascam making these changes, he can't get the new blue check mark. And Apparently, what he's saying is that, yeah, people could be scamming because I'm, you know, I'm running this project and people could be ripping people off and I can't get the check mark to verify what the heck I want to do because it's an automated whatever. And this guy's really pissed off. Well, here's the thing. This is not going to be, this is not specific to Instascam. It's going to continue to do. And I do think that there has to be a better way than relying on a blue check mark because the blue check mark doesn't necessarily mean that you are who you say you are. All it says is that you went through the steps, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you are. There's people who got blue checks that really weren't the person in question. So I'm I'm just saying you can get pissed off about a blue check, but it's not a it's not a definitive. It's not a guarantee. You're not going to get anybody can really pass it. It's my point. He can be pissed, but if you're on InstaScam, I'm just telling you that you know InstaScam is going to be just like Twitter, where it's going to be less trustworthy to follow the blue check marks over time. I'll wrap up today with a follow-up and so I'll kick it with some news and I'll talk about the hardware. So this is about Trezor. So Trezor recently had a, an influx of new merge purchases. People were buying the Trezor wallets. I can't say for a fact that it was because of CryptoTalkRadio.net. I'd like to think it was, but I can't say that. I can't take credit. But it has an influx, roughly 900% week over week of hardware sales for Trezor. On Reddit then, people were saying that there was a lot of scams out there promoting fake treasure sites and you can get scammed very easily because they think that, you know, you'll give a wallet or something else. But the, the sales are the key point that it's taking off going crazy. The main trigger, I think, is this whole business of the ledger and this idiot CEO and their recover, which they said they backed down with. That's what they said. But ironically, there was a new article that came out again with, from this joker 
because he won't let go and he won't back down despite me telling him he needs to and multiple people telling him he needs to. This idiot, the CEO of Ledger, came out again after this skyrocketing of purchases on his competitor. Like, you can't get more inept than this dude because your competitor is skyrocketing. Your customers are telling you what the, almost cussed, what the F is the deal here, dude, which is you need to back down. What you said is wrong, your approach is wrong, and he doesn't get it. This is the definition of ego, the definition of true narcissism. <laughs> when you think that you're just, you're, you're almost cussed again, when you think that you just walk on water and you are always right and your customers are wrong, when your customers are walking in droves and you come out with another article and once again he says, and I'll quote him here in a second, but he's basically saying that, you know what? No, this is the this is the key to self-custody. This is the real key to owning your own deal. Quote, the majority of crypto holders, users, hold their funds on exchanges or software wallets which are not secure. However, many people find managing their 24 words daunting or too complex. Ledger Recover, which again is not completely optional, is designed for those people to make secure self-custody easier while not compromising on security. This is a guy who doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. He doesn't get why he sounds like a, almost cussed again, why he sounds like a blistering idiot. He doesn't get it. He's focusing on how difficult it is to keep track of 24 words while not understanding that at worst, you could literally write it down on a piece of paper and toss it in a shoebox and put it in the closet. And that's going to be more secure than putting your fragments out there on the interwebs where somebody could breach the damn thing. Like that's, I don't know why he doesn't understand this. And again, he's selling his thing on the inconvenience of that security brings. The whole point of the 24 words is to make it harder to guess the phrase. That's a form of security. You're creating security by making it difficult to guess just like a password. But for you, the layman person, obviously you don't want it to be challenging, but you could literally just write the damn thing down. You could literally just take a photo of your screen, whichever screen that it is. And I know that some phones block screenshots, which is crap, but you could take a photo of it. You could photocopy it on a copy machine. You could write it down. You could do all sorts of stuff in lieu of putting your stuff out in the interwebs because that's where it's going to get breached. If it's in a box sitting in your closet, it's less likely to get breached because you're not <laughs> your paper's not connected to the interwebs. So, if all he can fall back on is this crap of it's just too tough to do 24, he's going to lose. And I want him to let go. I want him to stop and back down and let go and say, we got it wrong. We see our customers are marching in droves to our competitor. We got this wrong. We're going to back down. We're not going to do the recover. It's not about optional. We got it wrong. And he just won't let go. And I want, I'm not telling or advocating customers out there to leave Ledger. That's not what I'm doing. I want him to back the hell down so that you don't have to because I shouldn't be the one sending this message. He could get, he should get it himself instead of putting his foot in his mouth over and over again. So then a security products called Fireblocks came out and he's like, look, quote, if it allows a user to recover the full private key into a brand new device with just a form of ID, technically, if the providers wanted to collude and initiate the process, Without the proper ID and authorization, they could. And that is true. That is correct. And that's the point he doesn't get. If you give them control custody access, it means they could do it. I know what he'd say. 
They're not going to do it. Do, do, do. It's they could do it just like the government could crack your phone open and steal your stuff. Just like the government theoretically could tap your device and listen on your calls. They could do it. It's not about likelihood. It's not about probability. If you enable the ability to do it, it means it's possible, which creates the risk, which is why it's a problem. Otherwise, to me, if you take your phrase and you put it on a nice little piece of paper, not connected to the interwebs, and you toss it in a shoebox and toss it in your closet, you are way more safer than anything this idiot is proposing. That's my opinion, and it is shared out there in the world. Because no, I don't believe that we need, quote unquote, a world where your passphrase is floating in the interwebs. I don't believe that at all. No different than telling somebody you should take the PIN code for your debit card and the CVV code on the back, and you should store those up in the cloud because why not do, do, do? I will never support it. I will never advocate it. And I will never tell anybody listening to me here at CryptoTalkRadio.net to support that crap because it's crap and we know it's crap. So I, in doing the reviews of the hardware wallets that I did last episode, actually did buy the Trezor Model T because I did like its form factor. I liked the visual. And I'm going to close with just my thoughts after using it. So it turns out this one does not, it doesn't have its own power source per se. You do have to plug it into a computer. Apparently it does support mobile devices, but you do have to plug into a computer at least for part of it. You do plug into a computer and then you don't have to install any software at all. If you don't want, you can go to a web page and it interacts directly with the device via your USB. You can create a hidden wallet and it's passphrase. There's no way to know that there is or isn't a hidden wallet. It just has a generic screen that says open your public wallet or open your hidden wallet. It doesn't say there is one. It'll ask regardless of whether there's one or not. So security by obscurity. When you go in, you're presented with just the coins. So whichever chains that you enable, you can enable all the ones that I covered on the review. There's not very many of them. The most notable one is Ethereum, of course. And when you go into the separate, there's a separate interface for the Ethereum where you can see all the other coins. One thing I don't like is it takes to their scanner, blockchain scanner, instead of the, you know, Etherscan. It's, it's a minor nitpick to me. And then as far as NFTs, they actually have an FAQ on their site. And the funny thing about it is that it's not that the NFTs are stored on the device itself. I mean, they are, but not really. The NFT, basically all it is, is that you see them, you can access them, and you still have to use something like a MetaMask or something that supports hardware wallets in order to interact with them. So they don't have any interface for interacting with the NFTs. You might not care, right? Because you might be connected up to OpenSea or something else through whichever wallets you use. I just call that out that because it's it's not really storing on the device, for as far as I could tell anyway, then it's not, I don't see it much better in my opinion than having a, a electronic wallet but i like it for what it is i did have to i i had an issue and i won't bore you with this one but i had an issue with one of my wallets and so i spun up an older wallet that was holding some kishimoto from like way back yonder there's nothing in it you know but i took it and i moved i have a small ethereum token thing that i've had for since i started in cryptocurrency and it just has some tokens that i've been sitting on for like decades for like years so I'm, I put that over to that wallet. And the reason I did this is because this wallet that I moved from, apparently I only created as an Ethereum wallet and I did not create it as a multi-chain. 
So it could only, the passphrase didn't work, which was weird. So I had to spin up this other one as a brand new wallet, quote, new, move my stuff over there. And then that set up on the Trezor because I don't really care about the tokens that are in there much. There's not much in there. It's like 30 bucks or something to watch the price on some of these. So that's going to be my testing of just kind of kicking the tires on something where it does not disrupt my normal uh, token flow. I'll keep that in my uh, regular digital wallet for now, which I'm debating moving to Alpha Wallet. But other than that, I didn't have any major concerns. The touchscreen is small, and you do have to do some things on the screen, like when you're trying to do the uh, passcode to restore it. You have to do that on the touchscreen. I don't like that because the screen is tiny, and I got huge fingers. So it's hard to type on the screen. I don't like that. If you do the pin, you have to do it on the screen. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it. I like the web interface. There's nothing wrong with it. But I just don't like interacting with the device itself. So I think for me, if I were into hardware wallets more than I am, which I'm not, but if I were, I would want just the non-touchscreen variant. The, the touchscreen ones look nice, but I, I'm so anti-touchscreens. I can't stand that crap. I like just use my keyboard. It is what it is, you know. So, <laughs> but for me, I think if, if anybody is like me and you don't like touchscreens, I wouldn't recommend the Trezor Model T simply because there are things you do have to interact with the touchscreen on. And there are other wallets that are just a USB connection or an NFT connection that don't require it. And you can just use some of the device. So that's my thoughts on it. Again, no major complaints, just nitpicks and minor things. I'll continue kicking the tires on it, see how it goes. I didn't have any, you know, wasn't hard to set up. It wasn't hard to restore the wallet. It wasn't starting hard to use it. You plug it in and you have the interface available to you. And the hidden wallet is nice for those that want to use it. Blockchain support is extremely limited, like I said. But beyond that, I didn't have any major complaints about it. So I, you know, I can't advocate it directly because I can't tell you what to buy. But, and it's reasonably, you know, it costs a bit. But depending on why you are considering a hardware wallet, I don't see anything wrong with it, I guess is the point. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The Triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.